girls, Cindy's passing out the prayer sheets, and I think I'll, what's that? Okay, yep. You should have the prayer sheets and a note and a Sunday school cookie for your coffee this afternoon. It's a crazy turkey on there because we're entering a crazy turkey time. I'm going to go. I, I can't believe it. I'm like, I lost a week somehow. <laughs> Kathy did two words. Kathy had We both lost a week. It was just like, okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you some prayer requests for you to add on your purple sheet if you do that for me, please. Good morning, Jenny. Um, the first one. Please continue to pray for Trina's neighbors, Guy and Pam. They were going to be discharged. She is. She is. She's home. And the day that they were going to discharge him, his numbers just dropped terribly, and they had to keep him. So he is battling that COVID. Then also, uh, Bev gave me the request for John Seneco, John and Joyce. Joyce has been in a home care facility. Joyce has COVID. John has COVID. And Joyce is not doing well at all. So um, please remember the Sinecos in prayer. Dear Vivian in the back here, she has hurt her foot major, but she would have you pray for Lee, her husband, who is under doctor's care and um, in the hospital. And and waited in emergency all day, as that is the regiment now. And um, Lee is fighting a number of different issues with um, diabetes and heart and kidneys, and they're just checking some things off. So please keep Lee in your prayers. And then also um, our little Riker, Karen brought this uh, prayer request, Riker, Carissa, and Jake's son. Um, is battling something. They're not sure what it is. He's broke out with little dots all over and, you know, being a baby. So please pray for Riker. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it gets very, very tiring. Um, please pray for Cindy. Cindy's been in our prayers. She's, thank you all. Yes, her nephew, Brandon, and that situation. And as she continues to be salt and light, as she is in her family, I just... Praise the Lord for her testimony. Um, Carrie and AC were driving and being in the, you know, up north area where they are. A deer ran out in the road. Carrie was driving, and it was a big deer and smashed the car to smithereens. Thankfully, it was just Carrie and AC in the car. Um, the car is totaled. Praise the Lord, they are fine. Very much shook up. Um, but they need a vehicle now. They are a family of eight now, and so she's doing double trips. <laughs> this is the man I need to apologize to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were bringing me coffee. Oh, my word. I am, I am. Uh, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you would rather have great peace than live offended, and so choose that. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. All right, all right. I'm going to tell this. I'm going to take a minute of our Sunday school time. I have been blaming Brad and Jen for the most hilarious thing that has been happening to me at our home. Now, I picked you and Jen because 
But number one, you're both, you're both, well, you're both so creative, and you both love to have fun, and you both have this guilty twinkle in your eye when I talk to you, you know. And I, I said to Doug, it's, it's, it's Brad and Jen. I know it's Brad and Jen. And, and literally, since Halloween, okay, so I have this pet peeve with my husband, and I gripe about it all. If you have those blow-ups in your heart, in your yard, I'm happy for you. You must love them. I personally can't stand those blow-ups, okay? You know, like I want to take a BB gun uh, and, and quietly sneak out and, 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 you know, in my younger years, I might have done that. But anyways, so, so every time I say I go, oh my word, it's like the tackiest thing ever, you know. So, so I, the week before Halloween, our neighbors put up these 10, 12-foot ghost blow-ups in their yard that are waving and have a hatchet. And, and I mean, I mean, they, they were the most, Leslie, they were the most obnoxious things you ever, I go out my friend door and this is what I say. I said, I can't believe people actually do this. And so I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, so Halloween night, I drive home and on our garage door, which is a big garage door. It's a two-car garage door, but it's just one door. There is a snowman face that is huge. The hat is this big, <laughs> taped up. The eyes, a great big smile. I drive up, and, I'm, and we drive separately, and it's pitch dark, and my headlights hit the garage door. And I'm going, oh, this is funny. This, this is too funny. And I think, well, at least he's not smoking a pipe, like all this, you know. And, and, and I thought, who did it? And it, it's fun, you know, it's just, it's just fun. I thought, who did it? Some, we got pranked. We got pranked. And then my next thought is, who can I do this to? <laughs> you know? And so anyways, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, who I said, I know what happened. Doug told his class, his Sunday school class, how I can't stand those blow-ups, and I think yard ornaments are obnoxious and blah, blah, blah. And somebody in their class, and I'm thinking through his class, and I'm going, Brad and Jen. Brad, this is Brad and Jen. This is so Brad and Jen. Well, then I didn't think too much about it until the next Sunday I drive home. And, and of course, I take it down, and I've, I've got it in my trunk. Somebody's going to get it on their garage door. Okay. So I drive home, and in my yard, Cindy, there are four-foot-high wooden gingerbread people in my yard with tinsel and, and Christmas bulbs and smiles. And I said, this just confirms it. Brad is a construction guy. Brad can so, so I'm going around, funny, funny, funny. And I'm shaking my finger and, I'm, and I'm, I, have them, I have them tried and guilty, okay? <laughs> so now I'm laughing. And so then I'm, I'm pulling this to my girls and Trina's saying, Mom, don't put it out by the curb because Sunday night is our, curb, is our garbage night. I need that for the play. <laughs> so <laughs> so they have, we have these big wooden gingerbread people. So then I'm laughing. So then I'm thinking, now I'm getting kind of excited because I can't wait to see what's good. And it's when I'm in choir practice that somebody who knows my schedule, you know, I'm thinking, I can't wait. Sure enough. Okay, so the funny, this has gone on since Halloween, these random, ridiculous, obnoxious, tacky. <laughs> what was the pearl on hee-haw that she wore the price tag? <laughs> Mini pearl decorations, you know. Last, last night, Clint goes out to get the mail. 
He said, no, Mom. I said, Clint, what's wrong? Look, I go to the front door. On our step, now I'm not even expecting it because it was Saturday, you know. Broad daylight, I mean, these people are getting bold. So, <laughs> so right on the front porch, there is a seven, at least seven foot tall, wooden nutcracker soldier <laughs> standing on our front porch. He's aqua, he matches my shutters, which I go, oh, that's pretty cool. No, Mom. No. Clint didn't want to walk out. It was that big and that obnoxious. You know, he didn't know what was what was out there. So, so I said. So I'm pulling. So then I go to Tina. I said, Oh, this is hilarious. This is so good. I said, I love teaching about the Nutcracker every Christmas. I'm going to put it in my room. And I said, But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell my Sunday school class. I'm going to tell them all about this now. And I'm going to say, When you see Brad or Jen. I want you to go, naughty, naughty, naughty. So I'm telling my girls this because I was going to plague you today, you and Jen, with sticking everybody on you so when they say, naughty, naughty, naughty. So then I get a polo back from my daughter, Tina. And she said, Mom, scroll through these pictures. Becky, it was the Kobiak people, it was Jack and Will all making this stuff up and planting it here and the big reveal and they're all laughing as they're pointing at these things so you know how the Kobiak kids have been McKenna and then some of the other ones that have been traveling down they have been doing it and I and I'm going I am so sorry Brad and Jen please please hear my apology I ask for forgiveness and so so the fun stops, which is really sad. But Tina didn't want me sicking my class on you and Jen. <laughs> and so she confessed. And so that's. I, I told Aaron that after being blamed for it the whole time, <laughs> the last time through, I was going to go get a big blow up. <laughs> <laughs> snowman. Oh. Now that you've given me forgiveness, my yard is clean. So, <laughs> all right. So, with that, um, I've added those 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 progress. Thank you, Brad. Yep, yep. So, I'm still laughing about it. It's just so good. Um, I think those are all the new prayer requests. Then. So um, if you have any more, please give them to Maya or to Cindy, and they will get them on next week's prayer list. Yes, Julie? Um, we're traveling. Oh, yes. And Kathy Heider is traveling. A lot of people are traveling. Please, who are you going to see? Are you see Kim? Stephanie. Stephanie. Okay, yeah, great. We're Julie and John are. You're seeing who? We're seeing them on the way. Visit in on the way. Great. Great. Oh, it'd be great to see your, your kids. That's wonderful. All righty. I'm going to start out with three words. I want you to repeat after me. Leslie prayed for you throughout the week a lot, too. Yep. New update on it. All right. All right. We continue in prayer. Ready? Bless, bless, bless. Say it after me. Now say it like you mean it. Bless, bless, bless. Bless, bless, um, bless. Your Sunday school cookie is a turkey. It's a turkey, it's a crazy turkey, and he's got on it, on himself, gobble. 
gobble. And I'm saying to you, don't you let anything gobble up the fact that we live blessed, blessed, blessed every day. Don't let anything gobble up as we enter into our Thanksgiving and our Christmas season the fact that we are celebrating all this in heaven too and we live blessed. So with that in mind, turn your Bibles to Hebrews 13, 15. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that because of you, we truly live blessed, blessed, blessed. God, may you convince us through your word. May you remind us the very first time we are tempted to step out of that, uh, that wonderful peace that you supply that is so apart from how we naturally think. And Lord, as we study this issue, as we step into Thanksgiving, Lord, bless us with the wisdom of your word that keeps us convinced every day. And Father, may it show in our responses and in our life and in our actions that you've made a difference and we live differently because of you. We are blessed in thy precious name. <coughs> Hebrews 13, 15. Three words need to echo in our mind continually. And I say the word continually on purpose because it's the continually in this verse. This is a great verse to memorize this week, dear class, and to teach your children, to teach your grandchildren. Ready? It says, by him. Now, those first two words, you know what? I could just stick there all class period with you. By him. By him, because it is by him that we can continually do this. But God's word says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Fill it in. Con oh, okay, let's do it again. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving. See, God always gives us a command for our good, but then he tells me how to do it. I love that because I always need the YBH. Yeah, but how? I get stuck in front of that, and then God explains it. He says, by giving thanks to his name. Now, generally, if we were to ask the question, are you thankful? The response generally would be, yeah, I think I'm thankful. I mean, I'm thankful I have a roof over my head, and I'm thankful for my family, most of them. I'm thankful that I have gas in the car. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm thankful. And what we do is we have this idea that our thinking is attached. We are thankful because of people and things in our life. Now, it's good to remind ourselves and to rehearse in these Israelite hearts that beat inside of us that we need to give thanks for the things and the people in our life, but that is not the criteria of thanksgiving. Because, dear class, we all know that our vaporous life, which evaporates in front of our eyes, so do all the gifts in this life. The things and the people that God blesses us with every day are to be enjoyed and treasured for the day but that's not the basis for which we are thankful because when those gifts go away and our thankfulness is attached to the gift, what happens, girls? It's gone. The thankfulness is gone. And faster than you can say gobble, do you know what replaces that? 
unthankfulness, bitterness. One of the great sins that God condemns is unthankfulness. He puts it right up there with the top sins because he knows where it will take me. So praise the Lord that we have a caring Heavenly Father who doesn't just give us the remedy, but he gives us those step-by-step -step instructions for being thankful. Bless, bless, bless. We get to, first of all, choose God's way. This is the criteria of why we live blessed, of why every single day of my life, you and I can live with a peace that passes understanding. Why don't we? Well, turn to your Bibles to John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Every day I can know God's peace. Cindy just went through a, a hard, hard couple weeks. Cindy knows peace in those hard, hard moments, those heartbreaking moments. Vivian and Lee sat in an emergency room all day. Those are hard, stressful moments, but Vivian knows God's peace. Now, why don't I? I don't know God's peace every day of my life because I'm a wandering sheep that somehow thinks my way, my opinion, my reasoning, my problem solving is better than God's. That's the only reason why I lose God's peace. Um, John 14, 27, who has that? Would you read that? Girls, the only time I lose God's peace, I leave God's peace, is when I purposely don't choose God's way. Now, we may not say that out loud. I'm choosing my own way. But that's exactly what I believe when I don't obey God's way. Uh, Clint, from the time Clint was born, he was so wonderfully loved and validated, first by his family and then by you, his beautiful church family. You rooted for him. You prayed for him. You encouraged him. You interacted with him. Life was great. I'll never forget at three years old when he could walk, hanging onto a hand of each sister, and he walked down our church aisle, and many of you were there all clapped. And I cried, <laughs> you know. Life was good. Life, life was rewarding. It's the life every child should know of being loved, validated, corrected in kindness and love, and taught that God made you on purpose for a purpose. And Clint had no clue yet that he was, that he was different because he was so validated by you all. And every place we went, and we always traveled as a family, we were you know, to the universities and to the colleges and to churches, and the kids, the children, would always sing, and Clint would sign before he could learn to sing. And so he was between them signing, and he loved doing it because he was so ready, validated. Clint learned at a very early age the same rules that the girls we're forced to learn. It's called etiquette and politeness. <laughs> it's called you don't interrupt unless you are dying and bleeding and, and, and 
you look at the person you are speaking to and you smile and you be a blessing because you get to, because God has made you for his glory. And you talk to people. You talk to people. And so Clint learned when he could finally verbalize and say it out loud, he was taught to say, hi, my name is Clint. Hi, my name is Clint. Hi, my name is Clint. He got it, okay? So it became habit because it was routinely, daily taught. When we were together and anybody was being introduced, he would say, hi, my name is Clint. Well, the great reward that he would get back when he would do this because, you know, on, on your end, you're going, wow, here's a polite child <laughs> with these issues. And so he would get all this feedback. He loved, I mean, his, his buttons were bursting off of his shirt, you know. So we are traveling to a college. It was a speaking engagement, and, and Clint probably was like six years old, which would have made the girls eight, and we always went in this order. It always went Doug, Trina, Tina, Clint, me, because I was always helping Clint along and navigating him. Um, and so we were always like this little parade, you know. And the twins being twins, it's always noticeable, and people look. Clint being Clint, people always look, you know. And so it was always like a little circus every place we went. <laughs> and we walked into this restaurant, and there's this man, probably in his 40s, and he's bussing a table. Doug and the girls are, are already ahead. Clint is coming up in front of me, and he stops, and he looks at this man, and he says, Hi, my name is Clint. And the man just keeps busting the table, you know, and Clint speaks up. And this is when Clint could speak very clearly and project, okay? Hi, my name is Clint. And the man just kept busting. By now, I'm kind of pushing Clint. Clint, let's let this man work. He's doing a good job. Let's go sit down. The girls and Doug are already seated down. Clint plants his feet, puts his hands on his hips, and he says, Hi, my name is Clint. <laughs> Still no response. By now, I'm practically bodily lifting Clint along, getting him into where he needs to go. Clint stood at that table. It was just a table away from where that man was working. He looks at his dad, and he says, Father, beat him up. <laughs> and I'm in shock, and, and he repeats it. Father, beat him up. Like, Clint, I said, sir, I'm sorry. And, of course, he looks at Clint, you know. Still no response, but the, the idea of this is Clint, his whole life up to that point was very validated and rewarded. Every day was good. He knew no conflict, no rejection. Till that man bussing that table. Clint didn't know he was different. God made us all differently for his glory. You're different. I'm different. Tell the lady next to you, you're different. Tell her. Tell her, you're different. You're su Some of you are saying you are very different. Yeah. No. You're, we're supposed to be different. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made on purpose for God's purpose, and we get to live that purpose every day. And Clint was in this very protective bubble of not knowing yet that he was different and life was good until he got rejected. And then he told his father, beat him up. <laughs> and I thought, how alike are we? We get rejected. We get irritated. We get hurt. 
Life's not fair. And we go to our Heavenly Father and we say, beat him up. Take care of it. And then when God doesn't, faster than a heartbeat, what happens? You know what you've experienced this week. We blame God. We blame God. God's, God either can't or God doesn't care. It's saying it takes us on a terrible journey. And that's why God says, stop, stop. Every day, every day, give me praise and give me thanks. It is the most proactive way of cultivating a thankful heart because you know what? Today, there's going to be tribulation in this world. There's going to be hard things in this world. There's going to be rejection in this world. There's going to be unfair things in this world. But don't be afraid and don't get mad because greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. And besides that, you get to have my peace irregardless of what we go through together in this world. See, Clint needed to know more than perfect days and perfect acceptance. Clint needed to know and learn that he has a heavenly father who will go with him and through everything. And you don't learn that until the tribulation comes. And then you find something that we would never find apart from that. So when I don't choose God's way, for instance, you know, Clint learned, be ye kind. He knew that verse. He would even tell me, I believe it. Yes, I do it. No, you don't. You just told your father to beat that man up. So you, you want to negotiate when and where and how you obey God's word. And we do the same thing. I may say it, but my actions, my irritation, my offenses that live in my heart openly declare that I do not believe in God's way. I do not believe that his way is better. I am believing that my way is better. Um, when I resist God's way, now this is, a, this is a really important thing to remember when you are ticked off. That feeling is the tension that is going to come that the Holy Spirit says, now is where I want you to go God's way. Um, when I live with an offense, when I live with being hurt, when I'm never invited, when I'm never um, validated, when I'm, whatever it is that we go through, that feeling is a good thing. It's not a wrong thing. You don't feed the feeling. You learn to feed your faith because that's where God's going to work and do something that we never would have experienced had we not been rejected, left out, talked about, hurt, unfair, blah, blah, blah. When I resist God's way, there is a tension that happens inside of me because the Holy Spirit lives inside me. That tension is coming from the Holy Spirit of God who is saying, trust your Heavenly Father. Get into God's word and find out God's solution for why you are feeling. Now, let me, let me give you some of the um, symptoms. The tension is a weariness that sets into us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It goes back to last week's lesson, that emotional tension, emptiness. Which would we rather have, a full tummy or a full heart? Full heart every time. I can live with an empty tummy. It's actually good for me once in a while. <laughs> but, but, but an empty heart. When I resist God's way, there is a tension, a weariness that sets in physically, spiritually, and emotionally. The symptoms of my resistance 
to God's way are easy to spot. Ready? Irritability. Um, worrisome, worrisome, temper tantrum, impatience, impatience is right, the twin with irritability, sourness, critical spirit, arrogance, all the works of the flesh that are listed in Galatians 5, we can pinpoint them and the root of them is always attached to the fact of I've wandered away. I've walked away on purpose because I don't agree that God's way is best. The good news is Jesus came so we could know his way and his peace. Don't you get sick of living worried? I do. Don't you get sick of living wearied, irritated? Don't you get sick of living like you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop? Don't you get sick of living disappointed because expectations are just not being met? All of those things that every single one of us have experienced, God says, I've got the remedy, Kathy. When you finally get sick enough, maybe you'll apply my remedy to it. And I do. I get sick of it really quickly now. And because we can learn Christ, we learn this beautiful, systematic way of going, Lord, reveal where I have stopped following you and show me where I need to get back on track. Lord, I want to walk with you through this. A couple really good examples here. Um, You and I live with a gift. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. These are great, great verses. The gift that God gives us to open up so that we have his peace regardless of what we're walking in and through is this. Romans 5.15 But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. The free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much, and speaking of Adam here, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has what? It's abounded. It's abounded unto many. This is the point. Open God's gift that he's given to you today so that you can live with God's grace, so that you can know his peace. Look what's inside. Turn to chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. And I love how this begins. But God be thanked. There we are. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You have given me a way I can live today. Bless, bless, bless. Because you know how rotten my day is. And I can live blessed. I can live with your peace. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. There's that obedience to God's way. So that because peace is always a byproduct of obedience to God, always and only, always and only, that ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. We're finally free. We are free to choose, Cindy. We are free to choose, which means I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. I'm free to choose God's way over my own way. And when I do, he blesses me with his peace. His peace that comes from total surrender, unconditional surrender. I'm not leaning on my understanding. I'm acknowledging that God has a plan for my gifts, and God has a plan when my gifts go away. God has a plan 
for peace both times. I shared this with Karen, and I told her I wanted to share it with you, class. This was a, a, a while back, but I was talking with her. She was telling me that um, for a number of months, she was just so frustrated and irritated. What do those indicate? I'm walking in my own way. She's a godly woman. We do that as godly women. The irritation, the frustration should be the big red flag that goes off. I've wandered. I've wandered. And she was telling me how irritated she was at not being able to do the things she wanted, the things she thought God wanted her to do. We've all been there. And finally, she just got so weary of it. You know what she did? She surrendered her body to the Lord. Because that's where a lot of this, she was just deals with a lot of physical issues. She surrendered, and remember last week, the one thing we all complain about early and the most in like our whole life, as women especially, is our body. She surrendered her body to the Lord, and with a smile as big as you can imagine, she said, and you know what, Kathy? I had peace. I finally had peace. And then I found out what God really wanted me to do. He wanted me to pray. And Kathy, I've developed a prayer life like I never have before because God has this plan for me. And girls, that's what's so beautiful about this peace and this surrender. On the other hand, um, and it was interesting, it was about the same time frame. It was two or three years ago. I was talking with a lady, a good lady, concerning her pain and her hurt. And after listening to her, I agreed with her. I didn't understand it either. There's no figuring it out. But God never makes mistakes. And God either allows it or God sends it. And he has a plan for whatever he brings into my life. And this dear lady, whom I love, looked at me and said, you know, I just don't get that. It just falls flat with me. I don't get that about God. Talked to her a while longer. We prayed. And my heart was heavy because she will never know God's peace. Good lady. Faithful lady. She will never know God's peace because she doesn't understand it. She can't fix it. She can't make it better. It can't be redone. And God's doing nothing about it. And what she believes in the root of her heart is that God's way is not best. That's what it comes down to. We have all been there. We've all walked in those shoes. And God says, no, my peace is not negotiable. My peace is not, um, it, it's not this sugar, sugar daddy attitude of, you know, beat him up, Father, because I know what needs to be done. No, God's peace is always, is always the consequence of going God's way. And basically what it is, it's saying, it's saying, Lord, you are God and I am not. And by faith and by your promises, you know what is best for me and I thank you for that. Hebrews 3.16 I want you to see this quickly about 
about faith and about how we easily deceive ourselves that we say we love God, we say that we're thankful, but we but our actions don't back it up because there's not a surrender to God's perfect will in my life. I truly am thinking I would have a better way. God says, no, you're not going to know my peace. You're not going to know what I want to do in you. Hebrews 3.16. Oh, that's not what I want. Let's see. Oh, that's because I'm in Hebrews 13. <laughs> Hebrews 3.16. Okay, so it's talking about the children of Israel again. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, provoke okay, the children of Israel. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years. See, God had every intention of feeding the Israelites, as we've talked about before. He was giving them an opportunity to exercise their faith because of the hard things that they would go through. That he wanted them to find in him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, with him, I don't need to be afraid. But if I continually doubt, if I continually go my way, which the Israelites were doing, not one of them stopped and asked God. Not one of them consulted him. Not one of them advised him. Instead, they griped and they complained immediately. God teaching me to give thanks, first thing, puts me on the right track. That's why he gives that commandment right away off the bat. In everything by prayer and supplication. Yeah, because Kathy, then you're going to start thinking my way. I will open up the door of my will and my grace and my peace unto you as you have never known before because you're living in obedience. The very first thing you're doing is say, Lord, I don't understand, but you do. You do. And I give you thanks that you do all things well. The children of Israel never got there. And so this, this is what is so sad. God fed them, but he gave them a different diet. Their tummies were full, but he sent leanness of heart. Leanness of soul. And they never got it. And they never lived filled. And they continued to complain and gripe. And I don't want to be there. Um, Hebrews 4, 2. Look at how important this is. This is, this is really serious to my heart. For unto us, because now Paul transitions, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, Paul transitions from giving them the example of the Israelites to now the New Testament believers, all right? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto thee, but the word preached did not profit them. Why? It was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's got to be my faith. Now, this is talking about salvation in, in the beginning simply because that's what births us into the family of God. But this very same issue of nothing's going to happen from God in me if I don't by faith believe it, and my faith is proved by my works as I live in obedience to God's way. God, I don't understand it. I won't lean on my understanding because it's going to keep me ungrateful. It's going to keep me bitter. I'm never going to see what you want to accomplish in me. And God, more than ever, anything else, I want, to, I want to live to glorify you. It's why you made me. So, God, I give it to you. It's hard. It's broken my heart. You repair hearts. 
You give strength for the day. You make a way in the wilderness. You've promised, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And girls, when we get to that point with everything from as shallow as, you know, daily things to the really hurtful, serious things, in all of those points, going back through this beautiful discipline of saying, God, your way is best. Thank you. I am blessed, blessed, blessed. It's everything. It changes everything. Oh, Trina, I was going to ask you. I don't know if you even got this. We, we polo all the time, and then at, at some point in the day, we catch up on our polos. I asked you on this polo, but I don't think you got it from the look on your face. <laughs> Learning this discipline is so beautiful. Um, our Caitlin went through a terrible gluten attack about two weeks ago. Excruciating. Any, any of you who deal with that kind of stuff know, I mean, you're curled up in a fetal position, okay? And it's agony, and it can last for hours. And our little Caitlin, as careful as she is and everybody else, somehow got gluten in her system, and she was in agony. And she's curled up on the bed, and Trina is stroking her back and, and um, getting the charcoal and, you know, doing everything, and just tears running down her face. I'm going to ask Trina to finish this up so I, that, that she can tell you. But she, she said... Caitlin, what else can I do? Grandma's on the internet. <laughs> okay, get her in a tub of warm water, Epsom salt, draws out the poisons, okay, you know. And Trina, tell the rest of the story. Trina tells great stories, you know, <laughs> distraction. Yeah, yeah, we were both just rejoicing the fact that because she says, I am, I'm, I'm rehearsing what Pastor Jeff taught in class about, and, and she's going through this. Now, as a 14-year-old, she's learning what 40-year-olds have not yet grasped. Why? Because of the pain. God has a plan for our pain, and it's a greater plan than our physical, emotional pain. He wants us to find him. He wants us to find him. It's the issue over and over and over again. And when we do, we find that we can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth us. And she's finding that as a 14-year-old, and Grandma's saying, praise God. Praise God. Turn to your Bibles as we close to this last verse. I gave you a sheet that we didn't even get to, but that's okay. Every lesson, you don't know how much I don't give you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at John 16.33. John 16.33. And Leslie, as soon as you get that, would you read that? John 16.33. Amen, amen, amen. And on that we say we are blessed, blessed, blessed. Can Cindy, certainly. So I'm still asking for prayer. Kathy knows the story. My niece is very, very bitter. I have been so blessed through this and have peace that Brandon did ask yeah, the Lord in praise his heart the Lord. at a young age when, before he went his own way. And to try with so many unsaved in my life who were like, well, just pray. I'm like, trying to explain that I can pray, and I did. I, I actually put it on Facebook. I said, I'm praying for a miracle and accepting the peace yeah. that God gives me because... Amen. Amen. But they think God's like a genie that I just rub a yeah. lamp and then... You know, Beat him up, Father. So trying yeah. to explain yeah. to an unsaved yeah. group of people yeah. how it works yeah. is tough. Yeah. So continue to lift up Cindy in prayer for the family with that situation. So as you leave this Sunday school room, you leave it, you saying, bless, bless, bless. And don't let anything in your day today or tomorrow gobble that piece away. Because if it does, you're going to know the indicators, all right? You're going to be irritable. You're going to be sad. You're going to be worrisome. Get back on track with God. Bless, bless, bless. God bless you as you leave. <laughs>